This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling new stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 23, chapter 23 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this chapter, Parker enters a dream with Dr. Freeberg in a car. Parker realizes that he's waiting outside their high school and that he's been there before and recently from the details in the dream. He picks up Mia and takes her to his office for her appointment. Some details in the dream are clearly memory and others are clearly fantasy. Parker is having a hard time distinguishing one from the other. When Dr. Freeberg puts Mia into a state of hypnosis and then proceeds to take advantage of her vulnerable position, Parker loses control. He does something he's never done before. He picks up an object in the dream and attacks the dreamer with it. And that's it for your recap of chapter 23. Stick around now for chapter 24 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy. Insomnia, The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 24. I bolted upright, dripping with sweat. My fingers were wrapped up so tightly in my sheet that the tips were white and I couldn't feel them anymore. Disentangling my hands, I shook them back and forth. They tingled with stinging pains as the blood flowed back into them. The clock read 7.05 a.m. It was almost time for school, but I wouldn't be going. One by one, images from the dream infected my mind until it transformed into an oozing wound, disgusting and deadly. What had I done? I knew it was only in a dream, but what if it had some effect on real life? I'd been able to break the barrier with Addie and Mia before, even if just slightly. I snapped the dental floss still connecting me to my headboard and jumped up from my bed, tugging on some jeans and a t-shirt. My head was pounding with the same ferocity it had the night before, but I ignored it. Running through the kitchen, I grabbed my car keys and was shutting the back door when Mom walked out of the pantry, already dressed in her suit of the day. Have a good day at school. Hey, did you have breakfast? She frowned and raised an eyebrow at me. Yep. I lied through the closing door, jamming my finger against the garage door opener. As I backed out of the driveway, I saw Mom standing in the doorway. Even from the street, I could see the concern on her face. I knew there were frown and worry lines. It wasn't only me who was being affected. My life was hurting her, too. It all needed to stop. I needed to make it all stop. Faking a smile, I gave her a quick wave and drove down the street. The drive was torturous. 
Something dark and sinister had awoken inside my mind. I wasn't sure what I would find when I got to Freeberg's house. According to the internet listings I had pulled up on my phone, only one Dr. Clive G. Freeberg lived in the Oakville vicinity. If everything was fine and the dream was simply a dream, then I planned to confront him about the emails. It had to be him. He was a pervert. If everything wasn't fine and somehow my actions in the dream had followed me into reality, then I didn't know what I'd do. A twisted corner of my mind felt hopeful at this idea and I heaved the darkness back, along with the bloody visions plaguing my thoughts. When I parked across the street, the doctor's house was as still as a coffin. The dark side of me shivered with pleasure at the thought, and I felt sick. Squeezing my eyes shut, I rested my head against the steering wheel for a moment. I couldn't, I didn't want to feel like this. It was time to face the truth before the menacing thing that stirred within me gained any more power. I needed help. I'd never felt so out of control, so violent. There was a disturbing desperation to my dark side. It was determined to keep me alive, at any cost. I had never imagined myself capable of some of the things I had done over the last few months. Stalking Mia was terrible, but if I was losing control, I couldn't stop. And this was only the beginning. I tugged on my black gloves, got out of the car, and made my way across the street to the house. The front door was locked, but I found a side entry into the garage that wasn't. Dr. Freeberg's blue BMW sat in the stillness. The house was so quiet. Impossibly quiet. An iciness slipped through the concrete floor and wrapped around my legs, freezing them in place. I wanted to run, to get as far away from here as possible. Freeberg was probably sleeping in, that's all. I didn't join his dream until late last night. He must be tired. My hands shook so hard that even sticking them in my pockets accomplished nothing. Quick breaths wouldn't slow as I fogged up the window on Dr. Freeberg's car. A thirst started in my gut. A need. I didn't give them permission, but my feet shuffled from the garage, through the door into the house, past the kitchen, and up the stairs. I was standing outside double doors that had to lead to the master bedroom before I managed to slow my breathing a little. This is stupid. I should leave. What will I accomplish here? I asked myself. If Freeberg was dead, did I really want to see that? If he was alive, then I had committed breaking and entering, or at least entering, but illegal either way. Hesitating, I took a step back and knocked a silver plate off a table in the hallway. It made a loud clang as it landed on the floor, and then I watched in horror as it rotated slowly, like a top near the end of its spin. Jumping into motion, I put the plate back in place and forced my heart to stop pounding so I could listen for the sound of Dr. Freeberg scrambling out of bed. Silence. I turned to leave, willing my feet to run down the stairs, to get out, but they didn't listen. The darkness within pushed the rising need for answers over my head like a tidal wave and I sputtered against the force. I have to know. With a single shove, both doors opened. In the dim light filtering through thick curtains, I saw Dr. Freeberg lying motionless in his bed. I watched him for 20 seconds without breathing. Waiting. Watching. I needed to see the slight expansion of his side, the slight lift of his shoulder that would prove he was only sleeping.
but it wasn't there. I stepped closer. He had one of those sleeping masks over his eyes. Moving around the side of the bed, I tugged up the sleeve on my right arm. I held my bare skin directly under his nose, waiting to feel the slightest push of warm, life-filled air. Nothing. It had really happened. I'd killed him. My heart felt like an erratic jackhammer inside my chest as I stood beside the bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't think. I couldn't breathe. My chest hurt. So much pain. I was a killer. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Legend by Marie Lu. What was once the Western United States is now home to the Republic, a nation perpetually at war with its neighbors. Born into an elite family in one of the Republic's wealthiest districts, 15-year-old June is a prodigy being groomed for success in the Republic's highest military circles. Born into the slums, 15-year-old Day is the country's most wanted criminal but his motives may not be as malicious as they seem. From very different worlds, June and Day have no reason to cross paths, until the day June's brother, Matthias, is murdered and Day becomes the prime suspect. Caught in the ultimate game of cat and mouse, Day is in a race for his family's survival, while June seeks to avenge Matthias's death. But in a shocking turn of events, the two uncover the truth of what has really brought them together and the sinister links their country will go to to keep its secrets. Full of non-stop action, suspense, and romance, this novel is sure to move readers as much as it thrills. So, whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Legend by Marie Lu, or opt to go with a different audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads. That's audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with Insomnia. I tried to look away, but I couldn't. My vision filled with the scene from the dream. It pounded me over and over the way I'd pounded his head with a paperweight. He was dead. The bloody misshapenness of his head, the rainbow of red across Mia's white shirt. There was so much blood, I felt like I was drowning in it. I extended one gloved hand and lifted the sleep mask. His dead eyes gazed at the ceiling above me. If it weren't for that gaze, I could have convinced myself he was just asleep. There was none of the blood from the dream. But he was dead, just the same. The world spun and came up sideways. I had no control. I didn't want control, not anymore. In a haze, I walked from the room. I could feel the blood smeared all over my hands, even though I could see the gloves still on my fingers. Had I touched Dr. Freeberg? I couldn't remember. Looking up into the hallway mirror, I saw darkness looking back at me. I started, surprised. But he moved when I moved, blinked when I blinked. We were one. He was inside of me, a place where I didn't even want to be anymore. I pulled my phone from my pocket to dial 911. Darkness told me no. They would know I'd done it. My mind rolled in horrified agony, trying to push away the images, the room, the words, everything. I retreated within my own mind, letting my other side, darkness, take over. Letting him close the phone, take me through the kitchen and out the garage door, 
careful to leave everything as it was when we arrived. So careful. He walked calmly to the car, started it, and drove down the street. The street was peaceful, the residents so unaware of the murderer among them. Murderer? I snapped. No. I couldn't let this happen. What if I hadn't caused it? What if Dr. Freeberg just had a heart attack? He was overweight and older. That kind of thing happened every day, right? I couldn't let darkness leave Dr. Freeberg's body like this. I shook my head. No, it wasn't just darkness. It was me, Parker. It was my body, my mind. I pushed the evil away with every ounce of strength I had left. I wouldn't leave Freeberg like this. Who knew how long it would take for someone to find him? A rush of adrenaline flowed through my veins and I felt more decided, more in control than I had in a while. I was going to do the right thing. I tried to reach into my pocket to grab my phone, but my hand didn't budge. I focused all my energy on making my hand take out my phone, but it didn't obey. It remained on the steering wheel, following directions someone else was giving it. You don't want to do that. I jerked my head around to the passenger seat and blinked several times, hoping the image would go away. It was me, but not me. It was darkness. The circles under my eyes were a deeper shade than ever. My pale white skin made me look different, cruel somehow. I couldn't breathe. Darkness had escaped. What's going on? My voice was weak, just like me. I tried again to make my body obey, to place my foot on the brake, to pull my phone from my pocket, but nothing happened. Darkness's laugh was so cold it hurt my ears. Oh, come on. Don't be an idiot. If you're going to call the police, you might as well drive straight to the prison from here. But he's dead. I need to call them. This might not be my fault. He leaned forward and raised his eyebrows. Oh, really? My voice sounded uncertain and hollow even to me. Yes? How did the blood get on your hands? It... It's not real. It's from the dream. Are you sure? Darkness was watching me with mocking pity in his eyes. Are you sure of anything anymore? I choked on the horrible thought that filled me. Darkness in the car beside me. The blood on my hands that couldn't be there. It had finally happened. I couldn't tell reality from dreams anymore. Psychosis. How could I have killed him? I was sleeping. Darkness laughed and nodded sarcastically. Good. You should practice that answer. Sure, of course you were. I shook my head violently, trying to remember anything real that I could hold on to, but my shattered mind refused to help me. I could see the blood, feel the murderous fury. In my mind, it hit me again, over and over, like a song set on replay. The smashing. The heat the blood, the way the dream ended, abrupt and jolting, thrusting me out. I had never been in a dream that ended from something I did before. It was unnatural. It made sense that I had caused it to stop. It was the only thing that made sense. Ah, don't take it so hard. We couldn't help ourselves. He was twisted. He deserved it. We never sleep. We aren't even trying anymore. 
maybe we could get the rest we need if you let us focus on our needs for once. But no, everything is about Mia, Mia, Mia. Darkness sighed and popped his knuckles in the exact way that I always did. Frankly, I'm getting pretty tired of that little distraction. She could have been the answer, but no, she only wants to be part of the problem. No, no, she didn't do anything wrong, I muttered, trying to regain control of my mind, my car, my life. She didn't do anything wrong, darkness mimicked. You are so lame. Mia doesn't deserve this. I spoke low, squeezing my eyes tight for a moment and willing him to disappear. When I opened them again, nothing had changed. He was still sitting beside me, and the car was still driving down the road, oblivious of the madness inside. Exactly as I'd been doing for months, going through the motions, ignoring the signs, and now, he was out. Darkness folded his arms across his chest and looked at me like I was a confused child. Besides, why do you care so much about being good, following their rules? Why should we care about breaking the laws of a world that would toss us in a psych ward just for telling the truth? Or put us in jail for simply doing what it takes to stay alive? He leaned forward, and I met my own piercing blue eyes. These people aren't like us. They don't have the ability to understand. The only thing we need to worry about is keeping ourselves alive and getting them the hell out of our way. We'll do what we have to do. It's simple. His logic made a perverse sort of sense. I was jumbled, lost, and oh, so tired. I wanted to agree to relax and let him take care of everything, make all the decisions. Until I thought of Finn and Addie, of the person I was around them, and how much they had helped me. I owed them more than this. I had to fight harder to be who they thought I was. If I wasn't strong enough to do it for me, I could do it for them. No, it's not true, I shouted, and he disappeared. I was alone in the car. I took a deep, ragged breath and reached for my phone again. This time, my hands obeyed. I pushed nine and one and glanced up. A teenager was standing in the road, 20 feet in front of me. I jerked hard on the wheel, and the phone flew out of my hand and passed me into the back seat. It wasn't until I swerved around the person that I saw his face, my face, sneering back at me. I looked ahead just in time to see the massive oak tree. Then everything burned in a massive flame of pain and went black. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, season one, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insights section on Chapter 24. When I was in college, I took so many psychology classes just for fun that I ended up using it as a minor. In my abnormal psychology lessons, I would often wonder what a mental break would look like from the inside. With Parker, this is helped along by the supernatural abilities that are plaguing him, but I think the break could look similar all the same. 
I don't know if there would be anything in the world that would scare me more than this, to be completely honest. In some ways, I think this is why I choose to write about the subjects that I do. Psychological thrillers and horrors allow us to confront the fears that can be scarier than monsters. In this example, we have Parker facing the very real horror of what to do when what you see and believe within your own mind can't be trusted anymore. In writing, there is a thing called an unreliable narrator. It basically means that the point of view subject of a given story can't completely be trusted that what they're telling you as the reader is the honest truth. Parker is the ultimate unreliable narrator because he believes that what he's saying is true. He thinks that what he's saying is true, but when it comes down to it, as you see in this moment, he really doesn't know what is real and what's not real anymore. Building up to that and writing that has been one of the funnest things I've ever gotten to do as a writer. Do you like reading unreliable narrators? Like, is there something about that that appeals to you? Let me know. Send me a message. I'm at JR Johansson on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it for the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 24. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.